Hi, this is Heather's Hangout, my podcast. I am on my uh, fourth episode, and uh, today I have my coworker and good friend who is a super smart guru individual that everybody um, thinks very highly of, uh, named Daniel, and uh, I will let him introduce himself a little bit. Uh, go ahead, Daniel. Hi, uh, my name is Daniel. I am a data engineer for the Air Force, and I work closely with Heather. On I work on the uh, data team for Headquarters General Building Command A2. And yeah, that's me. I'm originally from like the DC, Northern Virginia area. Um, that's my little fun fact, I guess. Really? I didn't realize that you were from DC. For some reason, I thought you were more from this area. <laughs> no. Oh, what? So like, I know DC is like weird to me and, and not to get off topic here too much, but uh, and it's like an, it's kind of like its own thing within a state, right? Like, doesn't it have its complete own like laws and everything like its own district? It's everything. It's a state and everything but name. Yes. And that's a big, uh, point of contention for, for those who are in DC because they pay taxes like every other state, but they, uh, don't get a vote in the house or Congress. So they, it, yeah, they're their own territory. Um, but then they don't and, get a vote. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the it's a really big thing. Like even the license plates say taxation taxation without representation. It's a huge, huge, huge problem. <laughs> I did not but, know that. So see, I'm already learning something right now. I had no idea. And that make, there's such a high population there. So not having those votes probably probably makes a dramatic difference, I would think. Um, but wow, interesting. So uh, me and you kind of met, um, we both really like code development. Uh, we're kind of like-minded, although I think sometimes you're smarter than I am. <laughs> um, but uh, so we share that in common and we sort of have a passion for it. And uh, I know you're getting out of the Air Force and you're looking at different opportunities. And you know, we've kind of talked about how in the military doing development and code can be kind of a different experience. So. Uh, what are your thoughts on like the, the differences of how the outside world is with development and coding and engineering and stuff um, for developers? Are you there, Dan? Daniel? to start sorry about that we had a little uh problem with the connection but we're back uh back on recording uh daniel go ahead and uh, what is your answer to that yeah um development in anywhere but the government is completely different uh there's so many uh for anyone that has ever worked in the government in any capacity you know that your comparable civilian organization just doesn't have the same I, honestly i'm just going to be straight out with it, same headaches that you have to deal with. Um, there's uh, there's rules and bureaucracy for a, a solid reason, but many times in our workplaces, especially in the development world, um, there's a lot of headaches and issues um, that, that prevent you from being able to do your job efficiently. Um, and these are known problems. Uh, I mean, there is a very public leaving of the uh, Air Force Chief Software Officer, I think a year or two ago, and he was very inflammatory with his remarks when he was leaving in the reason, issues with software development in the Air Force. Um, but uh, yeah, you de definitely, 
long story short, a lot of things that you expect uh, or that are required and are normal to have the tooling that you need, development tools just simply aren't available or allowed uh, on networks. So, hey, it, you could be asked to develop an application to solve some problem in the workplace, but the programming languages aren't approved. And so you have to, you're not starting on equal footing with someone else where you now not only do you have to get your, fill out all the paperwork to try and get your programming language approved, like you have to also do that for all the additional tooling that you need. So it's a huge headache to work through. Um, everything, every, every step of the process requires paperwork and approval to operate. In the civilian world, I mean, you write code and you test your code. Maybe you test it for security requirements. And then largely if your code works and it passes whatever policies you have, you're good to go. You don't have to fight with just getting the tools in the first place, having Docker on your system or an IDE. Uh, it, it's just, uh, we're shooting ourselves in the foot before we start the race. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I'm kind of feel like I'm starting off in the development world in the most difficult way possible. It, as far as I'm a one man team, I'm working in the government with a, and, and not only just the government, but like more encrypted systems. So it's like the hardest way to kind of break yourself through to the development world, in my opinion, but I like it and, and I enjoy it. Um, uh, I attended Launch Code, and I'm, I don't know how many people know about Launch Code, but it's like a St. Louis based company where uh, there was a guy who had a, a, a development company downtown St. Louis and just felt like there wasn't enough talent in the field and like there just wasn't enough people uh, that did the job. And he, he was so passionate about it. So he started this this training uh, company where it's free to people, but you have to kind of get accepted to it and like give them a good blurb about why you're passionate about development and everything. And uh, I did the full stack course, which was like 10 months. And I thought that it was a really cool experience, you know, meeting other people who were just as excited about it. And, you know, I think we've kind of talked about how there's not a lot of women in the career field. So it was weird because, you know, that particular program was mostly women. Right. <laughs> oh really yeah it was a women folks one that's pretty cool um, yeah, yeah i'm a huge fan of launch code and their programs and everything um and i'm glad to see them continuing to get funding and grow as a program really cool yeah yeah i didn't really know about it one of my friends told me about it and i didn't realize it was a st louis based company but i was really impressed i thought it was really a good time and obviously i'm about right. to go back and do my master's in uh web development, which I'm pretty excited about. We were both talking about Denver, it's the University of Denver, and you're, you kind of like Denver too, so that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, great city. I love to visit and go snowboarding, so, and to work at a school, get a master's potentially, I mean, I know you're probably likely doing it remote, but, you know, getting a master's or a degree with the view of the mountains, kind of hard to beat. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what kind of, like, when did you start getting excited? Like what sparked your interest in development? Like how did it all kind of start for you? Yeah, it was, um, for me, it was pretty organic um, in that we were trying to solve a problem at work originally is what got me into it. Uh, without going into like the specific details, we had problem, uh, we had a, a, a spreadsheet that we worked with very consistently. And the spreadsheet would get up to, updated pretty much every day. Um, by an external entity, but um, there's no standards associated with it. It was very unclean. Um, so like what, what I mean is like someone could fat finger a key and there'd be something misspelled and we'd have to go through and fix that. But on a massive scale, I think there was probably like nothing crazy, but about 15,000 rows and there was no standard to any one of those rows. So it was really a pain to clean this 
um, every day with you know the new entries that we got every day. So um, we were doing it in Excel um, on the team I was working at at the time. We would get an updated email with the new data and we would input it uh, or we would copy it over and manually clean all the rows if there's um, any issues. We eventually defined a standard, but obviously it wasn't ideal to do this manually every single day. It gets old really, really, really quick. We all knew there was a better way on the team, but none of us knew what that was really at the time. None of us were really developers. We're really good analysts per se, but none of us had development experience and um, had any knowledge of you know how that could benefit us. But um, basically a coworker and I, we got really tired of doing that manual, what felt like manual labor entry into an Excel spreadsheet every day. So he and I started looking up ways that we might be able to automate it. And eventually we found out that obviously you, you can do automation with programming languages. So we learned, we went out and I bought a book, he got an online course and we both learned how to program. Um, and uh, we learned that, I, I mean, I learned you can use Python to automate a lot of things. And uh, that was my initial start is we automated the entry of new data into uh, an Excel spreadsheet later on a database. Um, and it was not, it was just work that we didn't have to do anymore. When the email came in, it was loaded to a database automatically. We didn't have, it wasn't something we thought about. So we got a lot of hours back. And so that was really rewarding for me. I, I don't know. It's, I feel it when I talk about it, it's always rather selfish. It was super gratifying um, to be able to do something and see an instant reward. So I kind of got hooked on that initial high of being able to write. I can, the, the, idea that I created something that helped someone, even though it was me in this case and my coworker, um, that was really uh, uh, attractive to me. So I wanted to keep doing that. So I learned, uh, I got into development to solve a problem in my workplace, but I grow to love solving problems. And really my passion lies in automating things that help people do their jobs more efficiently um, yeah. now. And it, that's, you can see the origination of that. But yeah, I know we uh, learned to do it because uh, we had some manual processes that we just didn't want to do anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like automating things too, because I feel like in today's world, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of technology and like making things easier through the use of technology. Um, right. But, you know, being able to come up with a program that makes people's jobs easier or is just, you know, more, you know, savvy or intuitive is a very gratifying feeling. And what I noticed about the development world is like, there's a lot of people who don't realize what goes into things like the technology we have today. I think people just take it so for granted. And then the people who, you know, kind of came up with this stuff and made it what it is, you know, it just seems as if, uh, you know, I don't, people just expect to push a button and everything happens, but they don't realize what goes behind all of that and like how much hard work people have put into it. I've gained a whole new perspective mm -hmm. and appreciation. Yeah. And you have to be kind of, you have to be pretty sharp and pretty smart. I mean, some of it's not that easy, right? I mean, yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, I, I just have really gained an appreciation for it and look at it a lot differently now. You know, it's not just oh. a button and adding things to your cart, like the behind the scenes stuff is right, much right. more complex. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's sorry, sorry go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's when you don't see what goes into making the, making the pie, you can take the pie for granted, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in today, we're very spoiled, I think in the United States, as far as like the technology we have access to and how little most people understand that goes into it. And so I feel like we're kind of spoiled <laughs> in that sense. Right. And then 
you know, there's just yeah. not like a big field of developers out, out there. And I think a lot of the hard work is not being done, you know, by people who, who strive to understand this type of material. So I don't know if that's something you've noticed, but you know, I mean, I know Microsoft has a lot going on, but I, I still feel like we outsource a lot of this stuff because a lot of the people in the United States don't want to put the work into learning how to do it. That's a huge thing for the government. I think uh, specifically is that they're, they're largely, by and large, is not a development core in the government. Most things, when we want some new tool, uh, we contract it out. We don't make it ourselves in the U.S. government, at least. I mean, there's obviously always exceptions to this case. There's government employees I know personally, you and other teams that do development natively as a civilian or military counterpart. But by and large, I would argue, like, just anecdotally that I feel like probably something in the range of like 80% of it is all contracted out. We, we don't make stuff and that. Yeah, I know. I see that parallel in the government specifically. We, um, there's not a necessarily appreciation for the hard work and effort. And uh, yeah, you can definitely see it on, 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 on certain projects that lack of understanding is, you know, Hey, we need this tool to do our jobs, but they don't understand that the equivalent commercial tool is a multi-billion dollar product made by Google and teams of teams and, or something along that lines. So, yeah, it's always lost in the sauce there. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a good way to put it. Um, do you have, so I know there's obviously thousands of different coding languages, which is enormously, you know, overwhelming, but clearly there are some more common ones. Like obviously you have HTML, which is just in everything. Um, but what is your language that you find the most fascinating and, or just the best to work with? And, and why is that? Like, what is it about it that intrigues you or makes you find it more efficient? What do you like about it? Yeah. So I mainly work in a couple of languages, um, as a part of my daily duties and also a personal hobby. I, I mainly use Python. Um, I, I think nowadays Python is just synonymous with data, uh, data scientists, data analysts, data engineers, um, most of them are familiar with either R or Python. Uh, and I use that as a data engineer pretty much daily. Um, I like that. I like Python a lot. Um, I'm a huge fan of it and I'll market to anyone uh, also as a great entry language as well. Um, I'm, I also work with Java a bit and on the front end, I'm familiar with JavaScript and TypeScript as well. Um, but my favorite, yeah, my favorite was probably Python, but I'm really starting to love Go, which is, um, you know, just a, a object-oriented language made by Google. Um, and I really like it because it, it, it brings almost a Python style feel, um, but it's a compiled language as opposed to uh, Python is interpreted, meaning, you know, uh, it, it, it's uh, overall, it's a slower language due to the way it's designed. Um, but it's really easy to, um, to develop programs. So your speed of development in Python is really quick, but the programs overall comparatively to other languages don't run as quickly. And Go is really cool because it brings that same really quick development time, but also you're not sacrificing the uh, speed of your software programs as well. So I'm really a big fan of Go. I'm, I'm just starting with it. I don't like, I think I wrote like my whole world in Go like two weeks ago and I haven't really touched it since, but I've been going through um, uh, reading the documentation on it. Uh, I'm really big fan. I think maybe not a long shot, but Go would be great in the, it's really great in anything related to servers and data engineering. There's a lot of data processing. I can see it being useful there, but. Um, I would say Python's my main and my go-to and 
good old trusty language. I'm, I'm, I would say I'm agnostic. I'll learn whatever tool I need to do the job, but uh, Python and Go is kind of winning my heart right now. Nice. Yeah. I, so I do not know a lot about Go. Obviously, I mean, I've been, you know, introduced to Python. I kind of have some good ideas with it. JavaScript, I'm pretty familiar with, but Go, that's not something I've really um, dealt with. TypeScript, that was like our first language that we, we were learning by because they, they think it's kind of like a good staple to start with. Uh, to open you up, you know, to learn pretty much everything after that, which I thought was kind of true because it is, it's kind of, I don't know, uh, familiar to across the board, I guess. And that's kind of how they thought about it. Uh, one language that I learned while I was in launch code that I, I thought was kind of cool, and it depends on what you like to do, was um, React. And I think that's because of just like, you can do apps with it, which obviously apps are like a huge thing, right? So like I created my own app and I just thought that that was so cool. <laughs> right. And, you know, yeah. everybody's living on apps nowadays. And so, you know, it, it can create apps, it can create mobile friendly web pages, and then it'll all, like, you can also do it all at once. So you have like a website that will be an app when you pull it up. Um, and, and that's kind of the, uh, you know, the structure of how React works is it's very versatile as far as, you know, integrating into an app, integrating into a mobile website, or even just a regular website when you pull it up on your computer. Uh, but I just thought yeah. some of the features were really cool. And then the way that you you use the the language is, is, is interesting in the sense that everything's done by adding components. And so I just thought that the way right. it was organized when you're writing it, even though some of the features are hard to get to work sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like I had to do something really weird one time where I had to add a, um, a, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, one of my dependencies, it was you know, hard to find to get the smallest thing to work. So there's still some kinks in it. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I just thought that, you know, it's kind of like Python in the sense where, you know, it, it makes one, you can do one thing with a shorter amount of code. Like you can make a nav bar with such a small amount of code compared to like anything else. So. Yeah. 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 No, big fan of React as well. That's my. I know there's Vue and Angular, but React really just kind of took everything by storm. It's got a great community. Like, well, you, it's it one of those languages you, you can too. just Google anything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I did not know I that the creator was Facebook, and I thought, wow, we're using a language that basically Facebook Facebook created a language. They're developers, and that that is React, which is kind of fascinating because now people are using it for all kinds of stuff. Um, so that yeah, that's exactly. Oh, and Facebook also has some bootstrap on it. I noticed that the other day. I, was, I never thought about it, but while I was on Facebook using it, I'm like, those buttons are bootstrap buttons. <laughs> yeah, so no, they, they React and bootstrap map. work together really well. And um, typically people will use bootstrap within React uh, just because the features and the code um, talk together well, but, uh, and it supports it obviously. But I thought that was funny because I, I was like, oh my God, those buttons are bootstrap buttons. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's fun to notice the, you know, what, what the community uses as well. Yeah, yeah, it is really fun, um, for sure. Uh, so as far as, uh, like, different languages and things like that, uh, what are you, like, trying to get into when you get out of the Air Force? Like, what, what kind of, like, areas are you trying? Because there's so much you can do back-end, front-end data, Python, you know, server-based, you know, language, uh, 
you know, there's just so many different elements to web development. Like what aspect of what web development are you trying to focus on? Because mine's front end, obviously. I really like front end stuff, but what is your, uh, is it data and like server-based or is it like the backend stuff? Because I feel like you're more of a backend kind of person. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, if you look at my LinkedIn, I just leave it as software engineer because uh, I feel like I can, I could do web development. I can also probably do embedded development with C++ or C or something else as well. I, I feel like I'm pretty open, but I'm in, I, when it comes to web development, I can, I'd say I'm full stack at the very least a junior full stack. Cause I can do a lot of react and I can also do backend database and API development as well. And I enjoy it, but I'm really into data engineering, which is, um, it's, a, it's probably, I guess if it's more Python and server-based web, uh, there's obvious, there's a lot of web applications associated with it as well, because there's always user interfaces for a lot of the data engineering tooling, but, um, for web development specifically, I, I dabble in both. I would say I consider myself enjoying, I, I feel like I enjoy backend development a little bit more. Um, but you know, putting in, putting together like a really nice UI and, I've built a few websites for a couple of organizations and it's just fun to do that every once in a while, but it's not my, my overall preference, but um, post Air Force, I'm, I'm looking for generally software engineering positions, but I, I've, I've gotten a few, um, uh, I've been interviewing for a data engineering position most recently, and that's been very fruitful for myself. And I really like data engineering. So I'm probably might stick with that at least for a couple of years before moving on to something else. Right. I could see myself also going into embedded systems. I like, you know, the idea of doing robotics or something like that, or, oh, I would you love know, that. Um, some, or, oh, actually an area I really like is, or the idea of is computer vision seems really, really, really cool, um, but also super heavy mathematically. So I don't know about that one, but we'll see. Um, kind of all over the place, but right now data engineering. Nice. Yeah, I, I really, obviously, I, I like the front end stuff. And I think the reason for that is um, because I, I like the artistic side of things. I've always been into design and like aesthetics and things like that. And so I feel like I can really express myself when I'm building some front facing website and I'm gonna make it look aesthetically appealing or inviting or whatever. It just kind of, you know, not only do I get the coding piece, which is the more technical right. side, but then I also get to do, you know, some design features. And I think that's why I like it so much. Uh, that, that yeah, no, there's nothing better than building a really shiny, I mean, it doesn't matter how much stuff you do on the, on the back end or server development, what really matters at the end of the day, at least for a lot of users is how pretty does it look. And so, right. It feels oh, some really people good almost get more caught up in that than they do the way that it functions. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, is as long as it does what it needs to do, uh, that's the most important um, aspect. But right. but honestly, aesthetics on web pages, it is it's important because if you go to a web page and it it doesn't look very good, you you almost like the credibility of the institution you're looking at their web page, it's like, oh, like do we do we even, you know, wanna do I want to mm -hmm. go to this college? Cause their site's pretty, pretty shady looking. <laughs> so if somebody has like a really nice, well-built website, it almost adds to the um, you know, credibility of the company or the, the institution almost, right? It like sells it. So web design is, is extremely important in the sense that like, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of responsibility and you're representing this company. It's like what people see, you know? So, right. yeah, I, I, I mean, I notice like when I'm online and I look at certain sites, if they're built really well, I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of want to buy this stuff. <laughs> It can really yeah, help exactly. sell, you know? 
Do you have a favorite site that has a great design that you like going to? I know there's definitely a few that I've like saved the link because it, the designs are really well done. There was one, uh, it was, it's for a, a woman's hiking group and I admired oh, yeah. it a lot. I was like, this is a really nicely built site. And they, they did a really good job on the way it looked. It was very, it, it reeled you in to want to, you know, uh, buy into their product, which they, they sold like, um, hiking tours. Like you would, you could go around the United States and like do like overnight hikes. And then there's like a guided tour and, and it's like, you know, really neat, but I, I was, for some reason, I just really liked their, their site. And I thought it, it sold the product. It helped because of the way it was built. Um, right. yeah. And then I also, I, I did help, um, or I kind of looked into, uh, a site there is a guy who does glass art blowing in st louis mm -hmm. and oh, he, yeah. he was trying to get his website redesigned uh to sell his in market his products for um, glass blowing and stuff and i, I still got to reach back out to him but i, I thought that was kind of kind of interesting um that you know like just even for him you know a nicely built website is, is super important he had something already up and running that was pretty nice so i was like well I don't want to mess with this too much right. um, but he was talking about having like a, a design feature where he could have like ornaments that he would design with his glass blowing art and the person could kind of like create it through a feature on the website where they would add like colors Ooh. or decorations and so you were sort of like automating your own that uh yeah. ornament that it was like in ordering like this is what i want it to kind of look like and then he would make it so we were going to work that sounds complex. like that. It, yeah, it did sound complex. And I was, I was newer at the time. So I'm like, this is going to be a beast. And so he ended up having, um, there was already features on this pre-ordered site that he was using that would do something like that. So I didn't end up doing it yet. Cause I was, I was new in the field and, and that obviously right. that is a very complex feature like that would take somebody much mm -hmm. more advanced. So <laughs> Um, but it, it was just kind of cool, you know, I mean, like the depth of what you can get into with um, some of this stuff. And I have not got um, that far into like SQL, you know, design, like integrating databases mm -hmm. into sites and stuff like that. I've not really dealt with that kind of stuff, but obviously to become more full stack and well-rounded, that's something I want to learn. So I don't, I, you kind of know more about that stuff because you could do that with Python. So have yeah, you done yeah, so. You just did, yes, you just I, built something like that. I'm sorry. You just built something like that, didn't you? I mean, like I feel like you just put to something together that was of that nature. Uh, yeah. I, I, as a part of the daily duties, every every day, it's Python and SQL. Um, just anything related to data, you kind of need those two, which is it's pretty nice to if you're going to shoehorn yourself around the data field to know them. So yeah, yeah. No, I I enjoy data modeling, building and working with databases, and uh, I find it. A, uh, pretty fun data transformations and stuff like that is that's up my wheelhouse yeah yeah it's awesome um so as far as uh like different colleges and stuff or or, or just you know anything you want to add that's interesting about the development world i mean we could bring up bill gates right like he's kind of a staple <laughs> but course, everybody yeah. always like icons him as not being the first computer programmer like he stole all his ideas or something I don't know if I believe all that. I feel like he's obviously got some talent. Otherwise, you know, in stole ideas or not, he he kept it going enough to build Microsoft, right? Like I don't know how far I right, that, but um, you know, I don't know if he does a lot of a lot of programming these days. Still, from what I understand, Probably. he's just like sitting I mean, up doing the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, do you, I guess, do you have a favorite technology or a new tool or something that, that, that's caught your eye? Um, I mean, just the, the latest and greatest that I've dealt with is mostly the React. I don't know if there's anything newer and greater out than that. I mean, as far as like, you know, Python and then there's that, you know, since we're kind of not like, I'm not in like school and I'm not getting all the yeah. latest and greatest information. I do wonder, is there something else that's up and coming that I'm missing out yeah. on? You know, and I try to keep up with like developer blogs and stuff like on Instagram and like on Facebook. But sometimes, you know, if you're not like in an educational center or you're not like in a like on a whole team, uh, it's it's kind of hard to to know all the latest and greatest. But what about you? What is is there anything newer than those two things out right now or am I behind the curve here? I feel like there's a new front end framework pretty much every single day. Yeah, I, I think the one that's captured. The, the development world is, is called Next.js. Um, it's, it's, they, they're basically improving on the React model and offering a new and additional features. But there are so many nowadays. Um, Next.js, Vite, uh, Svelte. Um, there's like every day I find a new framework to do JavaScript front-end development. And, um, but I would say the largest one is JS. It seems to be... Uh, they seem to say at least I haven't, I've owned like a small local project at home. I haven't actually used it in production and use all the features that they they are, you know, make it, you know, better than react or anything like that. But, um, yeah. I know that there's like constantly people, you know, uh, especially, and I, I am all about like, I actually, um, on one of my projects, I, felt mm -hmm. like I was having some trouble understanding um, some certain concepts. And I'm like, I just want to delve into this deeper and make sure I'm like really understanding what I'm doing here. So I reached out through right. computers online from India and uh, I reached out and I'm like, well, I'm just going to pay this tutor and, and just have him really break this down for me since I was having issues. And, and he did an awesome job. Like I was impressed. Right. I'm like, you know, it, just the way he was able to explain the material, I just thought, you know, this, it helped me really grasp the concept. And I, I was good after that, but I mean, there's stuff out there like that. I just did internet searches. I mean, I wanted some extra time, you know, with somebody really breaking these concepts down. Cause obviously launch code has pretty large class sizes sometimes, but mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of cool because we just remotely went on zoom and he, he, you know, trained me and there are tutors, you know, and I almost feel like it was a, you know, more informative sessions. <laughs> it, it just, it was good. It resonated with me. And then I feel like it's international relations, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's always good. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, so that was fun. Are you, so do you have any other people in your family that do this type of work? Or are you kind of the only one? Cause I know I'm the only one. Um, no, in my family, not really. My wife does program, she does more scientific computing. Um, and she's familiar with programming in general. Uh, and But she works with MATLAB more for, again, scientific computing and statistic, uh, Daniel, statistical I'm so, now. So sorry, but we oh. are less than a minute out and I don't oh, want okay. to cut off. Um, but I just want to wrap up this podcast. And I really want to thank you for coming on here because I really appreciate it and think it's awesome. Uh, and I want to say to everybody who's listening, thank you for listening as well. And there will be, there will be another podcast out in uh, a couple of weeks. So uh, wrapping it up, thank you and have a good night.